Welcome to this episode. Let's talk about walking the walk of faith. There is something about faith which makes us think about doing big things for God. There is something about faith for the Christian which almost assumes the working of miracles. There's something about faith which, you know, we think about it as moving mountains. There is something about faith as achieving great things for the Lord. However, there is another aspect of faith which I want to draw your attention to. And we are going to take that from the scriptures. And I would want you to walk with me through Hebrews chapter 11. My particular attention is on the verse number 23 today. The Bible says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. I just read that from the King James Version. And there is a very interesting thing in this particular verse of scripture because the book of Hebrews is an interesting book, but chapter 11 in particular is what we refer to as the hall of fame of faith. Why is it called so? It is called so because in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we read about great men and women of God who have done very powerful things in the scriptures. And for example, we read about Abel. The Bible makes us to understand that Abel by faith offered a more excellent sacrifice than his brother's sacrifice, which was Cain. Cain, we do know in the scriptures how that out of envy, he went ahead and killed his brother who offered his sacrifice by faith. And so, by the way, your work with the Lord and your sacrifice that you do for the Lord's work, you are doing that by faith. And I want you to be assured that there is a reward for you. So don't lose heart. Keep sacrificing for the Lord. Don't lose heart. Keep doing what you are doing for Jesus. Don't lose heart. Keep going on in your faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a reward. The Bible says, cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. And so I want to assure you, there is a reward. The Bible makes us to understand God is faithful. God is faithful who would reward us accordingly. So hang in there and keep your faith alive in Christ. Now, in Hebrews 11, we also read about Enoch. The Bible makes us to understand that Enoch, you know, was a man of faith and he walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now, I just recited that from my memory from the King James Version. And when the Bible says he was not for God took him, it's actually saying that Enoch literally vanished from the surface of the earth because God took him away. Now, you all do know there are two people in the Bible who did not see physical death. Number one is Enoch. In the book of Genesis and number two is the man Elijah who was taken up into heaven by a chariots of fire. And so we do know these two people are very unique characters in the scripture. Now, in our attention on Enoch, the Bible said he walked with God and he was so close to the Lord, God decided to take him away. Now, that must actually give us hope. We do know about this concept, what we call rapture, you know. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but it is a theological term used to sort of represent the hope that we look forward 
unto, especially those of us who will be alive when the Lord shall appear, when the trumpet shall sound. The Bible says that dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive shall be caught up with him. And so that activity by God in the life of Enoch, having taken him away from the earth, is a sort of a pretext, if you like, of what it is that is about to happen in the future, in the life of the Christian, as the Bible teaches. And so when the trumpet of God sounds, you and I, if we happen to be alive by then, then we are going to be caught up. By the way, that can happen right now. And so let's not sort of think as though it is something for the future, and then we, we relent on our faith and we give up on our walk with Christ. So once again, Jesus is coming soon, and I want to sort of highlight that. There is a message that we need to be reminding ourselves of, that our Lord Jesus is coming soon, and he can come at the blink of an eye. He said that no one knows when he will come, only the Father. And so do not be misled by all kinds of ideas about the coming of Christ and that he is coming on a particular date and so on. If you look through history, there have been people who tried to you know, predict the coming of Jesus, and they have all failed miserably. And so, friends, don't be misled by such, you know, um, charlatans, uh, charlatans who try to, you know, make a name for themselves and try to predict the coming of Christ. And uh, what we do know is that we believe in God's word, in the Bible, and the Bible does indeed prophesy the return of Jesus Christ our Lord. And of course, the taking up of the Christian uh, when the trumpet of God sounds. And so, Enoch's experience in the book of Genesis, the Bible said, by faith. Now, he walked with God and he was in God's hall of fame, of faith, in Hebrews chapter 11. And he was indeed taken up by the Lord. It is a prelude, if you like, of what you and I can look forward to in the future. Oh, what a glorious blessing that would be. Oh, hallelujah, what a blessing that would be. In Hebrews 11, we also read about Noah. Now, we do know how that Noah, for several years, in about 100 years, he took time to build this huge ark. Can you imagine the ark of Noah covering an entire football field? A huge ark, you know, and uh, he preached, you know, to the people to repent and to come in because destruction was coming as God had promised, was as God had spoken. The people ignored him, which, by the way, is happening today. The gospel is sort of nonsense to people's ears. People see the gospel and the resurrection of Christ as nonsense in their ears. And so they ignore us when we preach the gospel. Guess what? This has happened before. They had not yet seen rain coming from the sky because in the day of Noah, what used to happen as the scripture teaches us is the mist would appear in the morning which would water the earth. And so they hadn't yet seen rain coming down from the skies you know, as we experience today. And so for Enoch, for Noah, I'm afraid, uh, for Noah to be preaching, you know, about, you know, the flood coming and so on, the destruction of the earth. It was nonsense in the ears of those who were listening, you know, to him. Just like today, when we preach the gospel, several people ignore us. They ignore the Christian because they think the Christian is following after a myth. They think we are following after a God that we created for ourselves and so on. It is nonsense. The Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness unto them that perish. And so it is not surprising that people consider that the gospel as nonsense in their ears. And just as in the days of Noah, they considered his message as nonsense, 
indeed the flood did come and that same water that destroyed them was the same water that lifted up Noah and his family in that particular ark. Oh, the same gospel, the same gospel today that is going to be a gospel of offense unto others is the same gospel that is a gospel of salvation unto the Christian. And I invite you to know Jesus. I invite you to receive that gospel in good faith and to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord in this episode. By the way, in Noah's ark, what do we learn of the ark? Can you imagine an ark? The description that God gave Noah to build the ark. The door of the ark was on the side of the ark. That is really interesting. And I do remember Reverend Dr. Marquay, you know, some time ago said uh, very humorously that if you, you know, build an ark or a boat and you placed the door on the side, wow, that would be a really silly thing to do, isn't it? Because water would be entering into the boat from the side, from where the door is. But for some strange reason, when the Lord instructed Noah to build this wonderful ark, the, the door was to be placed on the side. It is something really amazing, something supernatural that God was speaking to. It is in reference, I believe, to Jesus Christ our Lord, who was pierced on the side for, our, for us, so that out of that side water and blood flowed when he was on the cross. A new generation came, you and I being newly born again in him, having been washed by his blood. We, have, we proceeded from that side of the Lord, which was pierced on our behalf. And indeed, when Noah and his family came out from that side door, when the, when the flooding subsided, it was indeed in reference to that new generation that came. And you and I can look forward to Jesus making us anew. So if you give your life to Christ today, you are also going to be washed by that same blood that flowed from his side. And you will come out as a new person in him. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. And so that ark represented Christ. Yes, that ark is a representation of Christ uh, in the life of the Christian, in terms of the analogy of how it was constructed and how God led Noah to do so. Now, we also read about Abraham, who believed God by faith. He left his father's house uh, as God said to him to leave, and he was going to a place that he had not even seen before. He, he, he took that step by faith, by living according to the word of the Lord. Friends listening to me today, if you hear the word of the Lord, live by it. If we hear the word of the Lord, follow it through. If we hear the word of the Lord, believe it and live by it. Abraham, no wonder, is called the father of faith because of what it is. The various things I could go on and on about Abraham, but you all know the rest of the story. We also read about the likes of, you know, Joseph, for example, who uh, by faith, again, these are all in Hebrews chapter 11, a very beautiful chapter I would encourage you to read to learn about these men of faith. Joshua, for instance, who, you know, the Bible makes us, Joseph, I mean, who the Bible makes us to understand, prophesied about his death and that his bones and that he, he wanted to be buried in the promised land, the promised land that God has spoken about uh, to his uh, to his people. In this instance, the people of Israel in the scripture. And so we do know that when he died with that prophetic word, the Jews took it very importantly. The Israelites took it very importantly. And when they were leaving Egypt, Leaving the, the bondage of the Pharaoh at the time, the Bible makes us to understand they also carried along with them the bones of Joseph. 
And so whereas the older generation all perished in the wilderness, there were three people out of that older generation that entered into the promised land. We do know of Joshua, the son of Nun. We do know of Caleb. And of course, we also do know now of the bones of Joseph, who, which were also carried along into the promised land. What a blessing. Again, by faith, by faith, Joseph declared that prophetically by faith. There is another interesting one. Now let's talk about Moses. The Bible makes us to understand that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had recompense unto the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Oh, what a blessing. This is about Moses, who went uh, into, who, who, who grew up in Egypt, by the way. But at one point in his life, he made a decision, having been you know, raised in the palace of the king. He, he had every right or every opportunity to just continue to, continue to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt, to continue to enjoy the treasures that were made available unto him, uh, being a prince, if you like. And yet he made a choice. He made a choice. The Bible said he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That must make us think for a minute. He made a choice for affliction rather than pleasure of sin. He made a choice to suffer rather than to enjoy momentarily what sin offers. Ladies and gentlemen, the Christian today has to also make this choice. You listening also today who hasn't yet given your life to Jesus, you also have to make this choice. A choice to follow after Christ. A choice to take up your cross daily and follow him. A choice to, 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 to turn your back away from the pleasures of sin. A choice to repent, to repent of your current ways. A choice to repent of what it is that you feel is giving you enjoyment, but is actually leading you into death. The pleasures of sin are only for a season, as the Bible says. Afterwards, it will bite you hard. In fact, it is like wine, as the scripture says, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last, it bites like a serpent and it stings like an adder. That is like a viper. It will sting you. Although it may be looking red in the cup, it may be swelling around beautifully in the cup. The Bible says afterwards, it will bite you like a serpent and it will sting you like a viper. This is in Proverbs chapter 23 and the verse number 31 to the verse number 33. And so the pleasures of sin are only momentary. They are only for a season. And so you have a choice to make today. And I invite you to make that good choice. That good choice. I invite you to make that good choice for the Lord. Now the Bible makes us also understand how that by faith Moses crossed the Red Sea with the Israelites. Oh, how amazing that was. How glorious that is. We will look at that in greater detail another time. But look at the, our verse today, which is the main verse that we are looking at, our main text. It is in Hebrews eleven twenty three. Now, mind you, all this preamble, all the things I've talked about before, you know, this particular verse that we are about to read, they 
are big things. They are really huge, you know, achievements. You know, the likes of, you know, Noah, the likes of, you know, Abel, the likes of Enoch, Abraham, you know, Joseph, Moses. These are huge, huge things, accomplishments. And so no wonder they are in Hebrews chapter 11, which we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. But there is something really striking in the verse number 23 which is what this episode is about today. And I wanted to listen and to follow me closely now, and then we shall end this episode in a few minutes' time. In the verse number 23, Hebrews 11, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months by his parents, because they saw that he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now we know that Pharaoh had given a command that, you know, the children should be killed, the male-born sons should be killed. And uh, the Bible makes us here to understand, his, the parents of Moses, after he was born, they decided to hide him away so that uh, he would be safe, not being afraid of the king's commandment, of the Pharaoh's commandment. Now, here we don't really see any big thing being done, but we also see this verse in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of fame of faith. We see a very small act of hiding a child. A very interesting thing that hiding a child as a small act, a child from being killed by the Pharaoh is considered by God as an act of faith. Wow, that really surprised me. A small act of hiding the child from the commandments of the world, if you like. You can, have, you can be assured it will ultimately result in the big thing of a future in God. Now, they hid him away from the commandments of the king. In today's, we can also say, hide away from the commandments of the world. And that is an act of faith. We can also say, hide away from the attractions of the world. It is also an act of faith. We can also say, hide away from the foolishness that is in the world. And we can also say that is an act of faith. It's a small act of hiding away, and yet God considered it as an, as an act of faith. What a blessing. Now, how did that happen? The Bible said they saw that he was a proper child. Now, that is in the King James Bible, the King James you know, uh, translation. So I tried to look at the original word that was used there in the Greek for the word proper. A proper child. What does that even mean? Now, in the original language in the Greek, that word in essence refers to an artwork of the highest perfection. It means elegant. The word means symmetrical. It means perfection. It means totally nice and beautiful. And it's amazing that they used these words for this child, Moses. They saw that he was a proper child, and so they decided to hide him away from the commandments of the king. They placed a high value on this child. Ladies and gentlemen, what value do you place on your life today? What value are you placing on your family? What value are you placing on your ministry? What value are you placing on your marriage? What value are you placing on the things that concern your life? What values are you placing on the talents and the gifts that God has given to you? What value do you place on your life today? What are you seeing your life to be? 
If you see greatness, you will make a small decision to hide away from the works of the world. If you see greatness, you will make a small decision to hide away from that which destroys your righteousness. If you see greatness, you will hide away like they did in the life of this little child called Moses. And so in Christ, God sees you as perfect. God places a high value on you. You are complete in him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, hide away from the influences in this world. That is an act of faith. For your life is hidden in Christ and God, as the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and the verse number 3. And so, please hide away. As a child of God, hide away from the negativities that are eating at. They are eating away your faith in Christ. Hide away from the doubts that are eating away your faith in Jesus. For your life is hidden in Christ and God. God places a high value on you. What value are you placing on yourself? If you are a Christian, the Bible says your life is now a new creation. You are a totally brand new creation. Oh, how beautiful that is. It is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And the verse number 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a brand new creation in Christ. And if you are listening to me today for the very first time, I present to you this opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. To obtain that new life. To obtain that high value that Christ has placed on you. By purchasing you with his own blood when he died on the cross of Calvary for mankind. To receive Jesus in your heart, please declare this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. And so I receive you into my heart to save me. Forgive me my sin. I turn away from my wicked ways. I repent of my sin. From today I declare that my life is born again. I declare today that I no longer belong to the world. I belong to you. From today, I pray and I believe in the work of Christ for my life. I believe he died for me. I believe on the third day he resurrected on my behalf so that I too can have a newness of life when I put my trust in him. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. God bless you, and I'm happy you were able to join us in this episode. Please share this podcast, and uh, I would invite you again to meet with us once again in the next episode. God richly bless you.